got my message about two minutes ago. <laughs> love that when the Holy Spirit shifts something on you, eh? and it's like, do I just go with what I know I can't go to? I'm going to step out in faith and believe you're going to give me the words to speak. And so I'm going to believe for that, and so hope you'll believe with me. <laughs> God is he's just, he really is a fantastic God, eh? Now, I was having a conversation last night with, with someone who had a great time at Amwa, Esmeralda's house, just having pizza. And uh, if you ever get the invite to go to Amwa and Esmeralda's place to have pizza, do not turn it down. I'll tell you, I reckon they can go into business and uh, put uh, Pizza Hut and all those guys out of business. And man, he's built this, this, this um, Amwa's built this his own sort of um, pizza uh, stove thing. And, uh, you know, they go in there for about three seconds and they come out and it's like, whoa. And uh, I must admit, I think I nicked half of Kirk's because his looked better than what I was going to have to make my ones up. I was like, I've only got a bit of honest, he's got all this stuff. And so I was having this conversation with a person there who knows God but just really struggling. Um, struggling in their relationship, just struggling to connect, just struggling to... Can God truly forgive me? You know, like I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and I, I pray a prayer, and I acknowledge that He is my Lord and Savior. But you know what? I'm still doing some things, and and I still feel these things, and I feel like I'm letting Him down, and you know, I just feel disgusting, and I feel like He doesn't love me. How can He love me? How can He love someone that that does these things? And I said, because He loves with a love that goes beyond our human love. His love is extravagant. His love. Uh, is unfathomable. His love, you know, I, I, our minds can't really get over or get through this love of Christ, this love that the Bible says surpasses knowledge. It goes beyond our level of, of knowledge. There's a, the love that, that we can engage with through the Spirit that God would release and has released through His Son. You know, I, I just love John 3.16. I know we, we sometimes get so comfortable with it, we can just get so casual with it that God so loved the world and we quote it off our tongues, but do we really, do we really, really understand what that is? You know, the love of Christ that, that, that nothing that we do can separate us from Him. Nothing. There is incredible hope. And I just want to talk about hope this morning. I want to talk about hope, especially in times like this, when it can be hopeless uh, if you don't know this person called Jesus Christ. Even, I guess, as, as a follower of his, it can appear hopeless because the level of knowing him will determine what you're really building your life on, won't it? I guess you could say right now the level of knowing him uh, is, is going to determine the choices that we make, how we respond to situations like this. Will we fall away from him? Will we blame him? Will we, will we accuse him? Or will we just fall at his feet and just simply worship him and, and just say, look, I don't understand what's going on, but in all of that, I'm still going to worship you and I'm still going to seek you and I'm still going to pray to you. I'm still going to read this book. I'm still going to turn everything I am towards you in all my pain and in all my confusion. That's what he wants. And God is cool. God is okay if you scream at him. God is okay if you let him know your feelings. He's big enough to handle all of that and come back and just still love. And just still love. But don't stay there. Don't stay in that position because there is incredible hope in him. And I don't know if you've been personally affected by this. You know, we, we've got a cousin. Uh, Danielle's got a cousin living in Christchurch and so we're on the phone and you know, they've lost a, a friend that they know. And so it's, it's affected us all to some degree. 
whether we know it or not, you know, just I think as a New Zealander, you, you know, we were in staff meeting and, uh, and Clay was trying to get through and we, obviously we put our, our phones on mute when staff meeting and it just came through and there's been a massive earthquake and I don't know, you sort of go, wow, no. We carried on with staff meeting and you, get the, the, you turn on the tally and it's like, what on earth has happened? But there is hope in it, guys. There is incredible hope because our hope's in him. Amen? Our hope's not in our circumstances. My hope's not in my wife. It's not in my children. It's not in my position here. It's not in my salary. It's not in anything apart from Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible teaches us. And everything else can shake. Everything else can move. Everything else can change. But when your hope is in Christ, it doesn't really matter. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's it's just a a thing you flippantly say. But we have to be building with our lives on the rock. The rock. This place is called the rock for a purpose. And uh, let me just read this over you. And and I hope that the Holy Spirit will comfort you through this. This is in Psalm 91.14. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. And I, will be in, sorry, I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honour him. With a long life I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. And I'm just going to read from Hebrews 6 and I sort of mentioned it just a little bit before but Hebrews 6, I'll start at verse 9 and just read through and we'll just sort of pick some things out of here. I love the title. God has this incredible way in, in things. It says, Better Things For You. That's the title just in my passage. But, beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that are accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name and having ministered and, and still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence so as to realise the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves and with the with them an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way God, desiring even more to show to the ears of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. It's going to stop there, to take hold of the hope. We've got to take hold of it. We've got to be intentional. It's an action. To hold something is, 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 is a call to act. It's a call to lay hands on, grab hold of it. It takes a sense of force. We must take hold of this hope that he's done. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. A hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Verse 19 again. This hope we have as an anchor. You just picture an anchor in your mind. 
What does an anchor do? Commonly found in boats, I guess. There's some big ones, some small ones, depending on the size of the boat. But an anchor sets, keeps everything in place. You know, I remember going out and fishing with Ian McCormack once when I was up in Tauranga. And um, we're out there and, and uh, Ian's always sort of pushing the boundaries uh, a little bit. And we were fishing with a mate of his, and, and I'm not really a fisherman, and I have no idea where you can and can't fish. But we're in Tauranga, and we're sort of in the in the uh, in the lane in which the massive oil tankers come, because apparently that's pretty good fishing. And I'm going, this is all good, you know. And I saw sort of casually saying, so you know, the, the sort of many oil tankers come through this way, and the guys, oh yeah, you know, now and again. And so I'm going, okay. And all of a sudden, just around the corner comes this massive oil tanker, and I'm like. Okay, so what do we do now? And uh, they're like, oh, it's all right, we'll just, you know, we pull the anchor up, you know, we start the engine, away we go. Well, you can imagine we go to pull the anchor up and the anchor won't come up. And this thing, I don't realise how fast those things move. They look slow, but they're actually not that slow when they come here. And Ian's like pulling this thing up like this and pulling and pulling, and I'm like grabbing hold of it too. And this guy starts trying to start the engine, and the engine doesn't start. And I'm looking at Ian, he's looking at me and I'm going, well, what's going on here? You know, I'm thinking, are we going to go for a swim? And, uh, and leg it and this thing's like... <laughs> and we're starting to panic and panic and all of a sudden, I don't know what it was caught on, but we managed to get the anchor up and then we start the motor and we just... It would have, only, it would have probably only been from here to the end of the car park away from us when we moved. And those things are they're huge. And this anchor, but this anchor on a positive note was keeping us in place to fish. <laughs> we didn't catch any fish. But think about what an anchor does. Anchor keeps you positioned. You know, when the waves come, when the boat moves, the boat can move around. It can, it can be flipped. It can be not flipped over, but just, you know, the, the waves can hit it and it can, it can move off course. And yet the anchor keeps the boat in a position and the circumference of where you want to be and this thing called hope that the Bible talks about is an anchor for our soul well what's our soul it's our mind it's our will it's our emotions that this hope that Jesus has done for us, that he has gone, that he has died, that he has resurrected, this hope of eternity, which, you know, if you fully capture the revelation of eternity, living in an eternal mindset, it's for here on earth. It's not that we would just know we are going to heaven one day and, and that's great and that's reality, but it's where to capture the revelation of that eternity and then live a type of life here on earth that manifests the glory of God. It's to literally come through us that, that, that we live knowing and making choices and decisions and priorities and values because we know we are living for an eternal place. And Paul said, I'm a pilgrim living here on earth. He said, you know, I'd rather actually go and be with you, God. If I had a choice, I'd, I'd really, really want to be with you, but I know that I need to stay here and live out and fulfill the will that you have for me. And this man, and, and God would ask him to capture the, the revelation of an eternal perspective Knowing that, you know, I'm just a, my life can be a vapour here on earth, the Bible says. It can be here one minute, gone the next. But we are living, we have a hope in something way much bigger than just the natural here. 
And that motivates me to live a kind of life that would honour him here. That a lost world that so desperately needs God and this, what he bought for at the cross, he bought for every one of us. From me having that, I would live a life loving my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in a way that a world would actually see and know that he sent him for that very purpose. And through that I release kingdom realities which we've been talking about to earth. That this hope wouldn't allow my mind to race off now and create a whole lot of different scenarios and a whole lot of different realities because of what's physically happening to me or to us or to our nation or to cities or to loved ones that we know. That our minds would stay focused on the truth. That our minds would stay aligned to him. That our minds would be accurate to him. Our will. Is it going to be his will or our will that we choose in days like today? Are we going to go down a pathway of resenting God and, and getting bitter and all those things that can come into us which will rob us from what God wants for us? You know, our emotions are crazy thing aren't we now we can be up one minute down the next somewhere in between all in within the space of five minutes <laughs> God says you're going to walk by faith you're going to walk by feeling God gives us feelings to worship him he gives us, he gives us these, these very things these emotions to engage with him but they aren't to control the way we live when things don't go quite the way we think they should go. That's where faith has to kick in. And our emotions need to be aligned to the Word of God and to Him. And That can be hard in times like this, can't it? But this is the hope in which the Church of Jesus Christ is living for. It's the hope of knowing no matter what happens around me, I am to trust in Him and not lean on my own understanding, but on His. Because he has ultimate wisdom. I, you know, why is this happening now? Why has God allowed it to happen? There are reasons. And I prayed this this morning. I believe one of the, the main reasons, the major reason, is that the church of Jesus Christ, the leadership of Jesus Christ, would realize that we're not slightly where we should be and that we need to wake up. You know, I've, I've, I've heard, I haven't been on there myself, but you know, I've heard and people have been engaging with me about Christians that are on websites right now just you know, saying this is because Christchurch is wicked and this is the judgment of God on Christchurch because it's a lost world. Do you know how badly that represents God and the damage that does to his name and to his character? I believe that it's time the church repented. Because it's easy to point the finger. It's easy for us to go, you know what, you need to change. But the Bible actually says, before you judge anyone else, put a mirror up in front of your face and take a good look and see if there's anything in there that needs is out of alignment. And I truly believe with all my heart that God is trying to get the attention of the church today. And that the church, and I shared this last Sunday, would love one another as the Son loves the Father and the Father loves the Son, so a world that does not know this love would look at the church and it says come to the understanding that he sent, God sent his Son for them and that what is modelled here will reflect God and they'll be so taken back that they will realise that Jesus has come for them.
but you have some of the church pointing the shotgun going, you sinners, you used a bunch of X, Y and Z, ha, this is judgment on you. What do you think that says to these people over this side? It's so sad. Why does God allow it? Why did he allow it? He could stop it, but he allows it. In his ultimate wisdom. And it says, you know, it says we've got this greater hope. Don't conform to the patterns of the world and that our our mind and our thinking are to come into alignment with his because his ways are bigger than our ways. He allows things to happen for greater causes. And if we love him, the Bible says, greatness will come to those that love him. Goodness will come out of certain things. We can't see it at the time. You know, when I went through my, my, my first marriage breakup, I only had one. Did that come out right? But when I was married the first time and that, that, that didn't work. In the intense pain, and it was intense, and I never, ever want to return to that place again. I wasn't a Christian, but I found God in it. Now, just because I found him, the pain was still there. The intensity of the pain was still there. But I had a choice to make, and I chose in, in, to not allow my feelings and my thoughts. And You know, I wanted, I wanted to... I'll tell you what I wanted to do, actually. <laughs> but I wasn't a happy chappy. And I had a choice. Am I going to choose the hope in Christ and what God has set before me? trusting in him that as I walk that journey, journey, although my feelings you know, aren't quite aligned to this by faith, I've got to choose by faith and walk this in the hope that my feelings will be realigned as I walk it. Or do I choose this pathway, which is really going to keep me in bondage and it's going to keep me angry and bitter and twisted. And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit led me and I gave in, if you like, or I submitted my will and I walked this pathway. And today, as I've said this before, but I have an amazing wife and an amazing two children and he took that ashes that I presented <laughs> and he gave me his beauty. It wasn't a great deal for him. It was an amazing deal for me because there is this incredible thing called love and, and hope that Jesus has for us all. And he never says, you know what, Greg, life was going to be easy. He never says that it's going to be a ride. And sometimes we, and maybe some of us have come to a faith in Christ where that's what we believed it was going to be. Life was just going to be easy every single minute of the day. He never promised that. He said, you will have trouble, you'll have tribulation, you'll have persecution, you'll have all these things. I shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so he calls us to walk in a way where no matter what happens around us, we still have this hope, we understand the hope and we're walking and trusting in you God. And you know I was, I was in my office on Wednesday morning, the day after and I was just uh, doing my study and just reading and writing and very clearly heard the Holy Spirit say um, I want you to send an email to your best mate and I want you to write these things. And I went, man that's pretty intense God. He said, yep. And it's time to send these things. So I'm sitting there going, Dear, (laughs) 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 copied and pasted some things. 
I had this incredible burden for my, my best mate and, and his wife and his children. I couldn't, you know, I was like, I had to stop. I'm like, I've, got to, I've got to do this. And so I wrote these things and I, you know, I explained the context and I said, you know, I really want to get with you and, and discuss this face to face, but I, I just feel I need to get this to you and then we'll discuss it. And, you know, and it was easier to write it because then it was clear rather than, you know. But I was like, man, how's he going to take this? How's he going to think that this is going to be a bit heavy? And he emailed back. He just said, thanks for sharing your heart. He said, thanks for, you know, he, he basically said, you know, some of the stuff is pretty heavy. And I said, yeah, I know. And anyway, I caught up with him on Friday. We had the most amazing conversation for two hours and just sharing, you know, that there are things in this book that I know are going to happen, but he doesn't know. I have this hope, although there's all this stuff happening right now, I have a hope that my mate doesn't have. And I was convicted, will you share that hope that you have that he doesn't have? Because, and this was the thought that came, of the people of Christchurch and even us, if we knew that at one o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon that earth was going to hit, would we have said something? Absolutely we would have. They would have evacuated that city and the amount of lives that were lost wouldn't have been lost. And God challenged me. He said, Greg, you know stuff with your mate that you have shared but you haven't shared some of this other stuff and I want you to share this now and I want you to be a voice now to him and trust me that he will receive it in the, in the heart it's given. And he did. And we were able to talk about the return of Christ. We were able to talk about how the Bible talks about in these times, you know, there'll be an intensity and I took some um, details that Vera had sent me around just the amount of different earthquakes and natural disasters that have happened in a short space of time. And look, we don't know, do we, when it's going to happen? No one knows. It could be in a minute's time. It could be in a hundred years, a thousand years. That's not the point. The point was I was stirred to be a voice and share some things that I know in this book because this thing has actually woken me up a bit. And we know some things that these people who have no hope don't know, but we have a hope. And I want to stir your heart today. I want to stir us up in this time of pain and, and, and possibly confusion and, and all these things to not allow those things to just burden us and to take over our lives and to control us. But we have this incredible hope and, and we've got to go down and we've got to, and we are, you know, we'll send money down and we'll, we'll maybe send some teams down and, and, and clean up that city and help with all the other churches. But we have this message that needs to come forth. Because at the end of the day, we need to do all those things. I'm an advocate for all those things, but the world does that as well. The world does those things and we're seeing it unfold. And it's awesome. And it's great that New Zealand and other nations are coming to our aid. But we have this hope that they don't have. And this thing says, you know, that we have this anchor for our soul, a hope both sure and steadfast of one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest. You know, my good buddy, he, he didn't get on his, his knees and ask God to come into his life. He didn't, he didn't do any of those things. That wasn't the point. The point was God said to me in my office, would you send this email, would you hook up with him and then just have a chat and leave it on his plate to make a decision. And I want to encourage us all, I want to say it again, and, in this time, you know, it's like 
There are windows of opportunity. People are shaken. People are asking big questions. We might be asking those same questions ourselves. But there is a window of opportunity. People are wanting. And the reality is, guys, those windows will shut at some point in time. The heart of man, the nature of man will go back to normality in time. And so I want to encourage us to share this hope now that we have a window of opportunity in love, in grace, do those other things. Because fire is part of life. We're all going to go through fire. We're all going to go through tribulations. We're all going to go through trials like this. But it's how we walk through them that's the most important thing and walking through them together. And there's that beautiful picture in Daniel where God allows... Um, I can never get these guys' names right. Meshach, you give it, help me? Shadrach and Abednego. Say it again. Shadrach, I'll start with the S. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I get started, it's all good. <laughs> trying to get started. And God allows these men to go through a fire. That's a bit crazy, isn't it? Some of our Christianity think he allows, he allows these men to be put in the fire. And their response is incredible to it, isn't it? You can do whatever you want, but I'm not, not, not going to, you know, exalt you over my God. My God is greater. You can do whatever you want for me. I'm going to walk through this. And they enter. And the Bible says there are now four people that are in the fire, but only three entered. Nebuchadnezzar can see. Only three went in. But we can see four. God was in with them and God walks us through times like these and I love the saying what God doesn't save you from he will walk you through through his grace through his power through his mercy not because we're special but because of his goodness and not only did he walk these men through this fire but they come out unscathed They come out smelling of roses. But the challenge in some of that is we can stay in the fire. God's in it with us, but we don't make choices because we allow our own will, our own mind to take over, not the renewed mind of Christ. and We end up staying in the fire and we become bitter and we become these things because of the circumstance. And we must walk into fires, walk through the fire and come out the other end. The Bible says in Revelation, it says, I counsel you to buy from me gold that's been refined through a fire. And the reason God allows these things to happen is because he wants us to learn some things about him. He wants us to seek a greater revelation of who he is. He wants us to find gold in the fire, but we must walk through the fire in a way to find the gold. Because you can walk through it and get all upset and twisted and bitter and never find gold. And you get resentful and you end up smelling of the fire and you actually start influencing others as well in a negative light. But God is in the fire, God is in this. He's in what's happened to us and our nation. But our response is incredibly important, how we will respond to it. And he promises he will walk us through the fire. I'm going to read Romans 5 to us.
Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Isn't that good news? That we've all been justified by having faith in him. That's the best news. I can't earn that. I can't do that. doesn't matter how hard I try. I, I cannot in my own works be justified, but I'm justified by what he has done. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, peace is a tangible thing. Peace isn't a hey, peace, brother. Peace is a substance. Peace is tangible. Peace you can feel. It's in times like these that we actually get to see if we have the peace of God, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is not... <clears throat> um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not um, circumstantial. It's not based on circumstances. The joy of the Lord is. It's there. It's in you because you've, you've had that revealed. You've walked in a way that you know him in such a way that there is tangible joy in the good and the bad. It doesn't really matter. It's just there. It's the same with peace. It's that peace is a substance. It's, you can feel it. It feeds you. It's not to be something that's just a nice thing that we talk. It's to be our reality. Hence, you know, as we continue to walk in this, the greater that you know him, then the greater you'll feel his peace, the greater you'll understand his joy, his love. How wide, how high, how deep is this love of God? And that can only be revealed through revelation. That's why we've been talking a lot about that. It can only come as you engage with him as you spend time in his presence and just sit in his presence and say, God, surround me, fill me, consume me with who you are. Open my eyes, open my mind, open my heart. I'm standing before you in nakedness and and vulnerability and asking you to fill me with a greater understanding of who you are. I can't do that. There's no part, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm just, here I am before you. And the Bible says if we would seek him with all our heart, he he will meet us and he will activate and we've looked at Jeremiah. If you call to me, I will show you greater mighty things that you do not know. It's of the Spirit. And so these things are tangible. With God through Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. We're going to exalt you in our tribulations, God. We're going to lift your name up with what we're going through. That's what we were singing today. That can be hard to do, yeah? It can be really hard to do. So if you're finding it hard to do today, can I encourage you to, and this might sound a bit cheesy, but praise your way out of it. Sing your way out of it. Pray your way out of it. Speak it forth out of that position. And I guarantee you, as you take this word and you start by faith activating that, your feelings will come into an alignment if you do it by faith. We're going to go through things. We're going through things now. Knowing that tribulation, listen, brings about perseverance. See, there is a greater goal that God has for you and me, that we are 
we are walking towards. The Bible talks about running a race. It talks about, Paul said, I'm beating my body that I would actually achieve and win this prize and I'm persevering. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through. I'm not going to let my feelings get the better of me. I'm going to act in faith when my feelings differ from the Word of God. I'm going to allow your spirit in me to come forth. I'm going to die, make choices, die myself. I'm pushing through. I'm persevering. I'm persevering because I have this hope in a greater thing. So we're going to go through tribulations, but the reason God allows it is that perseverance is developed. And perseverance, proven character. Is that needed right now? Character. That's when we get to see what we're building on, isn't it? When the button gets pushed, when you get squeezed, what pops out? Is it you or is it him? And that's what happens when you squeeze things, you know. The tension creates response. And when you have hope in him and you're persevering, persevering, character, Christian character, Christian godliness, patience, grace, mercy, love, the fruits of the Spirit come forth. They're supposed to. Is those my God's allowing it maybe to see what for a greater hope that He's trying to get us to see. And I love the saying, you know, that our and especially in ministry, your character better outweigh your competency. Your character better outweigh everything, the gift that's on your life. And as Christians, our character is to outweigh all those things. It goes on, it says, improving character, hope. So we go through trials and tribulations. It brings perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, and sorry, improving character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope. We have hope today. We have hope to give away. There are people that need the hope that you have. They have no hope. And God would say to us today, give it away. Transform someone's life through this process of your own as you give your hope away. If that's not your reality, grab someone here that you know is. Grab someone and say, I want what you've got. Talk with me. Sit with me. Pray with me. Seek the Father at this time a greater revelation of who he is and the hope that we've talked about. But the church of Jesus Christ is to be a light of the world, the Bible says. We are to be the light in a world of darkness. We are to walk different than the world. We are to follow him devotedly that we literally are a signpost pointing people in the direction of him. Christ in us is the hope of glory not Greek Simna, Christ in Greek Simna. But I'm called to be an ambassador and walk in a way that brings light and hope. Sometimes our fate resembles a fruit tree in winter. Who would think that those branches would turn green again and blossom? But we hope it 
We know it. Let's pray. I just thank you, Lord, right now. Lord, your word says to give you thanks in all things and to praise you in all things. Lord Jesus, I praise you through what we're going through, as hard and as difficult as it is. But Lord, I pray that the church of Jesus Christ throughout this nation, Lord, would would rise. I pray, God, that we would be the first to ask the questions of ourselves. And I pray, Lord, as we do that and as the, the life that's in us, that we have this hope, I pray we would be a voice that every single person who loves you, follows you, is devoted to you, would actually activate and be a voice, Lord, and share the message of hope. How will they know if no one goes and tells them? Beautiful feet are those that share the message of the gospel and the message of hope. And Lord, your will is that no one would perish. You are waiting, you are long-suffering, waiting, allowing as many people to come into this kingdom. And so, Father, today we just pray for our our nation. We pray for our people. We pray for the city of Christchurch and the people that live in the city. We pray for the churches that are there. Lord, we are going to help and serve and give. And I pray, Lord, for those people that don't know you, that are running around, that are petrified, living in fear, that really are lost. And I pray you would draw them to yourself. I pray you would place the church in designated strategic areas and that people would see you through us and come running because we have a message of hope and may we share it with grace and love and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) If you would like prayer today we'd love to pray with you so maybe just come and stand around here there'll be some people um, that would come and pray Um, we're going to end it there and so you know we can go through have a coffee and have a chat Um, so yeah if you need prayer we'd love to pray come and see us and um, have have a good day